Indeed, there are more questions than answers. Like, why have I never read a tombstone that said, died, from not forwarding that text to 10 people? Hi, America. Hello, world. My name is Adrian Lee, and I am your host. Welcome to the show, More Questions Than Answers, the only paranormal quiz show anywhere in the world. Each week, my guests and I will search the world's newspapers, websites and TV shows just for you to bring you the very best in paranormal talk radio entertainment and enlightenment. We will then test each other's knowledge of the week's events of the mysterious, strange, supernatural, unusual, bizarre and just plain weird. If you have just tuned in, especially to hear the show, then I admire your taste. If you have just tuned in by accident, then I admire your luck. I am huddled under my quilt with a large flashlight and a nice cup of tea with tonight's guests, somewhere in the barren wildernesses of the Midwest Plains. With the sound of my elderly mother snoring distantly from the room next door. Now each week, we put our ear against the wall. My mother snores to the tune of the last film she watched. No. Let's I don't have a wanna. listen. No. Here we go. <laughs> it's Superman. Star Wars. Superman. Star Wars. What planet? <laughs> wow. Superman. It is Superman. So snuggle under your covers, turn out your light, and hold on tight. The rules are very simple. Points will be awarded randomly for being interesting or for making me laugh or shiver in horror. Extra points will be available for shock and awe value. To help me control my rowdy panel of recidivists and reprobates, I will employ what I have called the inappropriate bell. An example of this would be... The panel have no idea what's coming. I have no idea what stories they have for tonight's show. So let me introduce my guests. Firstly, the mysterious and elevescent Heather Morris. She's been a paranormal investigator for many years, with her own team called Hellhound Investigations, and does all of her best work in the shadows. She is now one of the leading audio and EVP experts with the International Paranormal Society, and brings her knowledge and research skills to tonight's show. Old people at weddings always poke Heather and say, You're next! So now she goes to the funerals and says the same to them. Oh, that's not annoying. Welcome to the show, Miss Morris. Thank you. I was out with my grandmother once and a hearse went past and I nudged her and said, here, your taxi's arrived. Oh, Adrian. I also wish to... You're just a man and crazy! 
Michelle Corey. <laughs> Michelle is born and raised in Moira, Minnesota, and has a keen and avid interest in all things paranormal. Michelle realised this week that whoever determined that a one-inch candy bar should be called fun-sized should really reevaluate their standards of entertainment. <laughs> Welcome True. to the show, Michelle. Thank you. King size for you all the way, I believe. Yep. Sat in the corner, in a pile of dampness and mould, wearing nothing but a loincloth, <laughs> blinking at the single light bulb that's fizzing in the studio, <laughs> we have Nathan Bush. Nathan may have schizophrenia. But at least he has each other. <laughs> if you're crazy and you know it, share your meds. <laughs> they're mad. They're bad. They're literally mad. And they're paranormal. There's someone for everyone. And the person for us is our psychiatrist. We start with the ever-popular general lack of knowledge round. Once more accompanied by the toasted crumpet gong of infinite knowledge, the slippery facts of butter, and the sweet sticky blobs of statistics. Let me take a run up. There we go. We are on Series 3, Episode 10. Did you know, when women were asked about their asses, 30% said they thought their ass was too big. 10% said their ass was too skinny. And 60% said they don't care, they love him, he's a good man, and they wouldn't trade him for the world. <laughs> <laughs> on this day, on this day, <laughs> in 1920, <laughs> physicist Erwin Schrodinger married Anne-Marie Bertel. Apparently he told her that her wedding present was in a box. <laughs> <laughs> See how we easily go from toilet humour to high mm. culture. It's a joy. I love What's this show. This we? I love this show. So for the first time in the history of MQ, TA Radio, the strange, bizarre and fascinating facts about weddings from around the world. There's points to be had very early on. In India... If you are born under the astrological combination of when Mars and Saturn fall under the seventh house, you are cursed. And your husband will die an early death. So brides have to marry what? Easy enough. Miss Morris, what are the brides in India if you're born under a bad sign? <laughs> a little bit of blue. A sheep. You have oh. to marry... A sheep. Or a cow. Oh, here we go. <laughs> Based on the conventions of the last six weeks, Miss Morris gets to answer the questions twice. Yeah. You're going with every ruminant. Yeah. Do you want to throw a goat in there? You're happy. You're going to have a Noah's Ark of animals. What are you going with? Yes, all the hooved stuff. You want all the hooved ruminants. Yes. Anyone. Mm -hmm. Goats. Mm -hmm. Zebras. Mm -hmm. Bongos. Yep. Impalas. Yep. Gazelles. Mm -hmm. I'm running out. <laughs> Michelle, you've been gifted an extra 30 seconds of time yes. to think about what you would have to marry in India if you were born under a bad sign. Oh. You've had 30 seconds more. <laughs> I know. I know. I'm sorry. I think it's someone from the Untouchable cast. You have to touch someone from a what? <laughs> you have to marry someone from the Untouchable cast. The answer you will be pleased to know is a tree. You have to marry a tree. Do you think they're looking to settle down and have some saplings? 
But what if they want to leave? Oh, oh. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Do you think that's a strange <laughs> branch of the family? Mm, I hope think... their bark is worse than their bite. Oh. <laughs> Do you think there was a tree ring? <laughs> oh, that, wow. <laughs> wow. What's your favourite tree? If you had to marry a tree, what would you go with? There's no points to be had, but oak. you want oak, do you? Oak. I love me a silver birch, personally. What tree would you pick? I like paper birch and oak. Good choices. Mm-hmm. Excellent. You're looking for more than one person in your marriage, obviously. Yeah. You marry whatever. the tree, and then you cut the tree down to break the curse, is what takes place. Huh. In France, very strange country. We shouldn't be talking about the enemy, of course. Newlyweds were forced to drink leftovers from what? And I'm guessing leftovers are the little bits at the bottom of wine glasses, the inch at the bottom of an owl mug. But they were forced back in the day to drink leftovers from what? Mm, is this during their wedding reception or several days after? I this need is, to know. This is before... Your night of passion. So that before the, the wedding drink night. Mat. The drink mat. The drink. Well, I squeeze it out. Oh, oh no. Michelle knows what it is. Yep. It's called oh. a mat shot. Do you not know what a mat shot is? Is this a mat where all the drinks get put on? The spillage gathers in like yes. a gutter. And then you get dared or you just do it because you're daring. You take a mat shot. Yep. Well, you seem to be more knowledgeable in this area than I am. I used to make them. Lovely. (laughs) This makes me wonder how many people around Minnesota have died from alcohol poisoning due to Miss Morrissey's efforts. None. Um, (laughs) Zero. Zero. I drove them home. (laughs) In every sense of the words. Mm. What are you going with, Michelle? What are they got to drink out of? All the leftovers before... You didn't say out of. You said what? <laughs> now you're changing it. So you want to change your answer, do you? Mm, bra cups. Bra cups? Oh. <laughs> Where does your mind go? Bra wow. cups. Well, no one would go thirsty in this room, would they, ladies? Mm. Wow. I know. Ooh. Michelle, oh, what are they drinking out of before their wedding night? The leftovers in France. A dirty old baguette. A dirty old baguette. They're drinking out of the toilet bowl. <gasps> You'd be pleased to know. <sighs> I did preface this story by saying they were French, remember? The idea was to give them strength before their wedding night. And nothing sends strength more than an E. coli bacterial infection, does it? Right. Today, they actually use a mixture of chocolate and champagne to recreate that magic moment where you're drinking the loose old stool fizzy bowl water on your wedding night i cannot give the points away even chocolate and champagne sounds like a desperate combination chocolate milk and champagne no fizzy Mm. chocolate Mm -mm. in korea tradition dictates that you beat the groom's what with a fish. <laughs> God, you're, you're lucky I've got to read this out. Go on. You know someone got caught once and they said, this is old Korean tradition. There's your mother's running out the room weeping and crying like Jane Mansfield. I can't believe what I've seen. In Korea, tradition dictates that you beat the groom's what with a fish before his first night as a married man. His underwear. 
You are beating <laughs> his underwear with a fish. Yes. There. Lots of Korean men in a line. You're in Hanoi. You've got your fish out. Your wife fronts are there. Your tidy whities You're beating mm-hmm. them with a fish. This is to test their strength and character, apparently. Let me see your grouper. Oh, my. (laughs) What if you've got, like, a drooper grouper? (laughs) Drooper grouper, lights are gonna find me. A little bit of ABBA there, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) Nice. Any thoughts, Michelle? What are you beating with a fish before your wedding night? His mother. His mother's beating with a fish. Damn it, I'd go and get an electric eel. Mm. Ah! (laughs) Old tradition, mother. There we go. She wouldn't be snoring anymore. It's his feet, apparently. The old fish beating feet. In China, grooms shoot their brides with what three times before they get married? Shoot me three times on the ceiling if you want me. Is it animal, food, or material-based? I want to know what he's shooting... The bride with? With. Uh, In China, grooms shoot their brides with what? Three times. A nunchuck. <laughs> How's one shooting a nunchuck? I'm just... What's that one? You have to be there. <laughs> I don't know. Nunchuckers, nunchuckers. Mm. Heather doesn't know how to use them. It's true. What are you shooting your bride with three times in China? Mm. Dirty look. Dirty looks. You're throwing shade. Stink eye, your bride. Michelle, that leaves everything else in the world that can be shot. (laughs) Milk. You're shooting milk. Your brains go to some very odd places. (laughs) T'was a bow and arrow. (laughs) God, your missus runs fast, doesn't she? Look at her go. Wow. I don't think that's right. The groom breaks the arrows off. It's just the sticks, but it's to ensure the couple stay in love. Like yeah. Cupid? Nothing says love like shooting your missus in the backside <sighs> with a bow and arrow. Shoot those poison arrows through my heart. On this day in 1722, Peter the Great, Tsar of Russia, ended a tax on men's beards. He implemented the tax. You had to pay a hundred rupees, apparently, for a medallion. Oh, I thought you said a tax. <laughs> <laughs> Charging out of alleyways with scissors. Look at that man's beard. Leave me alone. Leave me alone. Wow. And it is a tax. <laughs> I'm sure Peter the Great had better things to do than attack hairy men in alleyway. Perhaps he didn't. No. <laughs> so for the first time. Oh, for <gasps> In the history of MQTA, the I cannot believe that fascinating facts and strange tales of beards. Mm. And there will be points to be won because everyone's got a nice, glorious, rounded, spherical duckhead. Oh, I thought you meant beard. A nice, round, <laughs> spherical beard. How is your mm. mother? On average, a man's beard grows how many inches a year? How many inches, Morris? Six. Six. You're going with six inches. Six. How many inch I understand that. That's manageable, though, isn't it? If you've got a six-inch beard and it's taken you a year. Yeah, it's always manageable. Oh. Mm. Wow. Get removed from the air. Michelle, how many inches do you want? Eight. 
You're going with eight inches, Michelle. You've lost the points. Heather's closest. You should have stayed more humble. It's five and a half inches a year, and it grows faster during the day, apparently. During the day? During the day, it grows quicker than at nanai time, apparently. How do they know? UV light, I'm guessing, because they measure a man's beard in the daylight, and then they measure a man's beard at night. Mm. What percentage of men have beards? All over the world. Oh. Take every single man currently living on planet Earth, a couple of billion people. What percentage of men have beards? Does one like yours count? Yes. Okay. I have a goatee beard. A goatee? <laughs> yeah. With emphasis on the word. Goat. Beard. 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 No emphasis on the goat. Goat. Wow. Let's play a game of Billy Goat's Muff. Oh. <laughs> wow. What percentage of men all over the world? 58. 58. 58% yes. of every man on yeah. the planet yeah. has facial hair. Yeah. Your choice. If 20. you choose to embrace it is you're going lower. Miss Morris is the closest, 55%. Wow, nice one, You've won some more points. Mm. I'm going to give you a few more points to play with. Mm. What's the percentage for America? That's the world, 55% of men all over the world. So think about, you know, Africa, the Far East. Think about the Middle East. Think about all those lovely bearded men. How many men? Think about during the course of your 68. day. Sixty. Do you think there's more 68. men with beards in America than there are yeah, for the rest of the world? Yeah, because stupid duck dynasty. Oh, of course. The, I like a nice beard. That gives you something to I hang on to, does it? You don't? I hate it. Well, we've split the studio in two. <laughs> what do you prefer, Nathan? <laughs> <laughs> I've met his wife. Trust me, he prefers a beard. <laughs> <laughs> She doesn't listen, does she? No. Oh, thank God for that. <laughs> it's lucky she doesn't know an attorney. Yeah. <laughs> she doesn't. <laughs> this game's getting ridiculous. Who brought a bag of wine into the studio? Me. How many percentage of men in America? I said it. It's 68. 68. Higher or lower, Miss Corrie? 50. It is. 33%. It's much lower, but Michelle... Wins the points. The only king in a deck of cards with no beard is the king of what? See? Fun times, right? Hearts. You are going the king of hearts. You have three others to choose from, or you could also go the king of hearts. The only king in a deck of cards with no beard. I think it's... Well, it's painful. Darn it. I know, I know. Do you want me to massage your brains for you? Oh, what do you want there? There's nothing in there. Your oh, poor walnut. A club. You're going with... That'll be the king of clubs then. <laughs> Maybe. It is the king of hearts. Again, Miss Morris has Thank scored you. the points. And Thank the you. ugly recidivist head of cheating once Thank again you. raises itself and runs around the room like a headless chicken. No. My grandmother had so many facelifts, she had a beard. <laughs> <laughs> Did that come out of your nose? Yep. Oh, good God. Patron came out my nose. And this is why we... Look at your script. This is why we can't have cameras in the studio. That's not right. Who are you? That was then. But this is now. We get to our favourite part of the show. It's the mailbag. Yay! Yay! 
This is where we read out our messages of support, our letters, our Facebook correspondence. If you wish to write to us, we will read them out for you. Eugene, a new listener from Tampa, Florida. Yay! Florida! Florida! Posted. (laughs) Just discovered this show. What a treat. God bless you all and your crew. Truly talented and a lot of fun. Aww. <laughs> Eugene. Much love, apparently. Aww. Eugene wrote to us on Facebook. You can visit our Facebook site this second. If you go to more questions than answers, with Adrian Lee, we have 6,100 followers on there. All of tonight's stories, all of the jokes, all of the banter, the chat. You've seen what we've done for the last 20 minutes. This is all on there. It's lots and lots of fun. We have a big community all over the world. That's more questions than answers with Adrian Lee, and you can write to us on there. Johnny, also in Florida. Yay! We're big in Florida. Yeah. I'm big in Japan. Mm-hmm. Posted. Adrian, I can't believe you have never been drunk or drank alcohol. Mm-hmm. Well. What are you going to say to that? I think you've had a sip before. I'll tell you where we are. I have never, hand on heart, in my entire life, ever been drunk. I did sport at the highest level when I was younger. I played semi-pro soccer. I fenced. I was a fencer at the highest level back in the day. I have never been drunk. I have sipped occasionally Mm -hmm. someone else's drink. Mm -hmm. There's been the odd occasion Mm -hmm. where someone's put something in some chocolate milk for me like a rum charter but i swear i've never ever been drunk i don't need to be drunk i'm getting drunk through osmosis looking at you two that's right michelle and i make up for it i need to be drunk i said (laughs) i will let the listeners in on a little secret about three or four months ago i said to the girls in the room here you cannot have ice in your drinks right. because all I can hear in my headphones is the clinking of ice every time I'm reading stories out. You party pooper. I know. And what happens now? You're sat there with a bottle of schnapps each and a bag of wine <laughs> and, and you're not even using the glass. It we comes straight. Fixed it. I know Winning. you fixed it. No more noise. Because I glance up and Miss Morris has drank half a bottle of peppermint schnapps. <laughs> Clean out the bottle. You've got to love pioneer women, haven't you? Yeah. You don't hear the noise anymore, do you? Oh, you drink a cord of wood in the morning and give birth in the afternoon. It's remarkable in this state. drink a cord of wood. You drink a cord of wood. (laughs) Wood alcohol. Mm, Whiskey. Jerry posted listening live. Hi, Jerry. Hi, Jerry. Jill in Minnesota said, love tonight's show. I'm drunk and I want to go to Ikea. (laughs) Yes, you do. So do we. can listen to us first, 8 p.m. Central Time, every Friday night. 100,000 listeners in 190 countries all over the world. It's been a while since I've read out the top ten, hasn't it? I'll have to do that next week. Yes, please. We'll do I the... can tell you. You can mm-hmm. tell me. Go on then, Morris. What have we got? I can tell you the top three. Well, I can tell you the top three. It's going to be the Go USA. On. Go on. The United Kingdom. And no. then it's a toss-up between Canada and Australia, I'm guessing. Nope. Who's crept into the top three? It's the US, yeah. UK, right. and Germany. Germany's Ooh. up there. Oh, We yes. must make less jokes about and, the Germans. And then South Africa. They bombed our chip shop during the war, apparently. Who's South Africa? Oh. Are you a pole vaulter? No, I'm German, and how do you know oh, my name's okay. Volta? 
<laughs> it's the best I can do at short notice. <laughs> Brittany posted, I absolutely love this show. And it's hilarious. Gives me a really good laugh. Aw, good. Thanks, Brittany. Christy posted, awesome show tonight. Kept me laughing until the very last second. (laughs) Nice. Martin, our good friend in New York. He's on Instagram now. He's on Instagram. Well, you need to go look for this man. He's a very talented individual. I'll see. He posted, holy crap. Do you remember last week, again, I just randomly named a playing card and I said, there must be someone around the world of 100,000 listeners. There must be someone around the world that will get that card. And he said, I had the ace of spades. Then I realized Adrian said the eight of spades. Maybe next week I will get both. So far, he's got the number the week before, but the suit. suit. And then this time he got the suit and not the number. Martin. He's actually a really good Patreon. He's on he Patreon. amazing. Oh, thank absolutely. you, Martin. Thank this you so show much. is free. It will always be free. We love doing the show. We love spending our Friday nights with you, huddled around our light bulb with a microphone, <laughs> sat here in the darkness in the southwest plains of Minnesota. It'll be free. It's always free. We enjoy ourselves. But we have many, many overheads. We have to pay for the light bulb. We have to pay for the paper. We have studio time. We have to pay for all of the platforms, SoundCloud, iTunes, TuneIn Radio. And if you wish to donate one single dollar, you get to access the show first before it gets put into the archives, directly after the weekend we're on at Dark Matter. Miss Morris, what would you like to say? Mm, extras there are yes, extra shows there are. that have never ever <laughs> been put out on air and won't be so if you wish to access some extra shows as well just for a bit of fun they're on there but if you go to patreon that's more questions than answers mqta radio is what you're looking for and mm. you can donate a single dollar if we make you laugh if you enjoy spending your friday evenings with us if you leave this show with more than you arrive with. That's got to be worth a hundred pennies. You can't even buy a Twix for that, can you? It's ridiculous. We're on SoundCloud. If you go to SoundCloud, our archives are there for the last five years. All of those shows completely free again. If you go to SoundCloud, MQTA Radio, you can listen to us in the car, in the gym, walking the dog, in the workshop, anywhere at all. And if you're listening on SoundCloud right now, why not press the little orange love heart and show us how much you enjoy the show? We do give a little bit extra on there. At the end of the hour, at the top of the hour, we stay in the studio. We do an extra 20 to 25 minutes of the show that cannot go out on air because it's laden with filth. So filthy. Naughtiness. Naughty. Innuendo. Innuendos. The most disgusting things. All the stories from around the world that we can't read out for fear of being removed or getting a hefty fine in a round called Not For Your Mother. And that's aptly named. It's not for your mother. If your mother's of a nervous disposition, she needs to be removed. But if you go onto SoundCloud after the show and in our archives, there's an extra 20 to 25 minutes of filth that we can't read out on air. It's funny. It's very funny. I've been told it's very funny. (laughs) Many people write in and say it's the favorite part of the show. I re-listened to one where Heather was talking about the dirty blues. 
<laughs> yes, people wrote in last week and said they enjoyed the poop knife story. <laughs> <Yes. laughs> and tapeworms. Lovely. If you're into poop knives, tapeworms, and the dirty blues, it's all there. It's for you. For you. <laughs> Twitter. I have a Twitter account. If you go to Adrian underscore Lee underscore tips, we have broken the 100,000 mark on no! Oh, yes. It's a celebration. Right, now you need to get us to 101,000. <laughs> but it's true, we broke the 100,000 mark on Twitter this very week. So thank you to all of those individuals that are on there, seeing the madness and the things that we do. That's Adrian underscore Lee underscore tips, T-I-P-S. I have a book out. It's called How to Be a Christian Psychic, What the Bible Says About Healers, Mediums and Paranormal Investigators. And that's available in all good bookshops and on Amazon. And I've had the most fantastic fabulous i've had 52 reviews of that book and that's right up there with all those five stars so thank you for those individuals and if you've bought any of my books in the past or read them and you'd like to give me a nice review that would be very welcome obviously if you didn't like the book don't write anything at all but all my books are available on amazon i've written about ghosts hauntings history and being psychic there we enter the round that is ghosts and hauntings what don't we do orbs we do not do orbs of course i do <laughs> yes and we shout bunk and ring the bell <laughs> if you're all alone in the house late at night and you hear a fart do you laugh or run just interested what would you do laugh or run slap <laughs> the person that did it no you're on your own you're in the house all on your own it's late at night you hear Oh, juice anyone? Am I the only one who actually labels them? Oh, this one's the princess. No. Hang on. More tea, Vicar. I'm not talking about this. Would you laugh? <laughs> You're above it. Heather's in denial. Women don't fart, they just sigh. Christ! This is where we are. Michelle, laugh or run? Well, I figure the way my days have been going, I would just stay there and laugh. <laughs> Nathan, you running or you laughing? I'm running. You're running. So we've got one laugh, one run, and who someone's cares? abstaining. <laughs> yeah, I'm, basically, who cares? Wow. <laughs> We're in the rounds of ghosts and hauntings. I need the points. Michelle's on four, Heather's on six. I'm yet to score. Graves of war heroes and hundreds of others at a grade two listed cemetery are being tarnished as homeless people use them as illegal camps for drug taking and rough sleeping. Would you like some rough sleeping? Not anymore. I recommend lots Every of hot night. sleep and drink. <laughs> Tombstones at Mill Road Cemetery in Cambridge have been used as beds with people climbing inside them to sleep, say the police. What do you want on your tombstone? I told you I was ill. What are you looking at? <laughs> it's dark down here. I want to... <laughs> the neighborhood just got worse. What are we looking at? Um, and the what? Sem what are you going to go with? What yeah, you what's want? on yours? Pepperoni. Pepperoni. <laughs> I didn't know you were Italian. <laughs> Heather K. Pepperoni. Il non capisco la sana inglese. Wow. So Morris is your maiden name, is it? Mm. 
Your pe- <laughs> you want pepperoni on yours? What do you want on yours? What are you looking at? Oh, nice. I'm only asking the questions. <laughs> the cemetery that was created in 1848 has been littered with hundreds of needles. One resident reported seeing a man sat on a grave with his trousers down, injecting himself in the thigh in full view of everyone. Mm. Home to monuments and war graves, the cemetery has sadly become a notorious home for drug users and rough sleepers. Three incidents of illegal camping have recently been reported to Cambridge City Council and 213 needles have been removed from the area. Gail Paisley, a city councillor for the Petersfield area of Cambridge, said, I have heard residents say... That people are sleeping in the tombs, which may be linked to an increase in the number of homeless in the city. Sleeping in the gravestones or sleeping in the gravestoned? You decide! <laughs> Go to our Facebook site, more questions than answers, with Adrian Lee, where everything will be there for you in glorious Technicolor. Would you sleep if you was homeless in a sarcophagus in a cemetery? I find cemeteries really peaceful, actually. Yes, they do tend to be very peaceful and quiet places. Everyone got a good send-off. You're not hanging around in the cemetery in spirit, are you? Why don't you tell everyone what you had on your mind in regards to a GoFundMe site for a cemetery that has been for sale around the area? There is a cemetery for sale. It's in Redwood Falls. It's called Crestlawn Cemetery. I just wondered how much it would be if we bought a cemetery. You know, you've got the upkeeper. That'd be an entire cemetery to work in. As a paranormal investigator, I don't know what people would say about the others that were buried there. I mean, you must have family and friends there, some people. I don't know how that would be, but a GoFundMe site to buy a cemetery sounds like a good idea, doesn't it? Well, it does, considering a lot of farmers around here just pick up the headstones. Oh, it's and a pioneer they, cemetery. Yeah. yeah, and yeah, just and plow just, them over. And they plow them over and they leave the people there. So I think, given the option, we would actually respect the space. I'm going to look into it. I will look into it. As a historian, obviously, I'm very interested. The last thing I want to see when I'm walking through a cemetery late at night is a figure with a hammer and chisel hammering away at the gravestone. And as I say to them, what are you doing? They say they've spelt my name wrong. Oh. Miss Morris. Yes. What have you got for me tonight in the round of ghosts and hauntings? Well, a terrified landlady believes the ghost of a dead child has been playing with a balloon inside her pub. And she has even managed to capture the eerie moment the balloon travels, just like in Stephen King's It. That's very interesting, because when ghosts arrive, they tend to be cold. You can measure cold spots, you get cold air. Does that not create, and I'm not a meteorologist, but does that not create high pressure? Do you not get pressure barometric changes due to coldness suddenly entering a room? I was actually thinking about um, when we had an investigation, and we did it up in Long Prairie, we brought one of your birthday balloons, a yeah. Mylar flat balloon. Okay. This was the first national bank in Long Prairie That's right. in Todd County, That's right. and we were in the bank vault. Yes, and so it was this big circle flat balloon. We would ask it to turn to the right, and it would. And then we'd ask it to turn to the left, and it would. And then we'd ask it to shift from side to side, and it would. And so oh. that was amazing to me. But what this lady is going to report, which I'm going to tell you about here in a second, it's bonkers. 
Oh, oh no. Geez. If you're playing the Bell Bunk and Snort drinking game, you're more than welcome sorry, right now bunk. to take a shot. But if ghosts can change the ambient atmosphere and the air pressures and temperatures in a room, then a balloon will be affected by that. I thought about the idea of getting a fog machine and just blasting the entire room full of fog right, right. and then seeing where all the drafts are and yeah. where the movement is through the fog and the smoke machine, right? Well, you think about it, a balloon is going to move with just a, you know... The slightest, a, yeah. A mouse's breath of hair. <laughs> <laughs> a mouse's breath of hair. <laughs> when did a hairy mouse come into the conversation? What did I miss? Could we get away with a shaved rat? What about a, a waxed vole? Would that a come mole on? rat? Do you know what I'm talking about? Do you know those little sticky pads that you get to... Oh, they're run. so cruel. Yeah, I put some out, and then the mouse <laughs> managed to prise itself off, and it gave itself a Brazilian. There was oh, a strip of mouse hair on know, the sticky pad, and the mouse was oh. walking around completely waxed. It was remarkable. <laughs> and then it flipped you off. <laughs> yes, it stuck a finger up and walked back under the skirting board. A this manicured is finger. Mm. Nice. So oh. you've got a hairy mouse. Let's go with it. Come All on. Right. Well, Gail Roberts was closing up at the King's Mill in Wrexham. Wrexham? In, yes. Damn near killed him. Hurrah! In Ooh. North Wales on Saturday night when she spotted a blue balloon hovering inches from the floor. The 42-year-old filmed the decoration drifting purposefully across the pub and moving through a stool before turning and rising behind the bar. You know what? That's just a deflated balloon. I'm sorry I'm to hear sorry. that. Let's try again in 20 minutes. <laughs> it's never sorry. happened to me before. It's never. I'm sorry. I don't even drink. I can't, I can't go, I'm not with her on this one. I've not got no excuse for poor behavior. Uh, she says it moved in a way that she claims that's unlike the usual moment of helium-filled balloons. <laughs> Gail's spooky footage has sent a social media into overdrive with thousands of commenters saying the balloon's strange movements could be blamed on the spirit of a child who passed away. Of course. Or drag coefficiency. There's no drags there. Oh. <laughs> I didn't see any. It's not in the story. I'm coming out. Mm-mm-mm-mm. No, I'm not. I'm staying in here. The creepily... One patron from earlier in the night told her that she had felt a child clutching her leg while she was at the party, only to discover there were no kids present in the venue. Quit making movements in the This is why we can't have cameras in the studio. I did the motion of a little girl tugging on someone's pants. No, 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 you you did not. Gail. <laughs> I, I didn't say that mine was my forte. What did you think? Gail, who said there's been several other hauntings at the King's Mill in the past, said we had just locked up and we were about to go to bed when I saw something moving. It frightened the life out of me. It stopped and started moving towards us and we could only watch in astonishment. At first, we thought it might be a draft, but all the windows were closed, and the way that it hit the chair then stopped and turned into the bar was nothing like that. It's just a deflated balloon. Right. I'm sorry. Where's the it mouse? Is. When's the mouse coming? 
But there's no, no the, the, hairy mouse, mouse. the hairy mouse is moving the balloon. Wow. With his mind. Yes. Mm. It is a clairvoyant. <laughs> a clairvoyant. Hairy, hairy mouse. mouse. Yes. That has telekinesis. Oh, Stuart Little. Yes. This is not. There's more, is there? Yes. <laughs> so you said this was bunk 10 minutes ago, yeah. but you're still persisting with it. We're still bunking it up. This is not an isolated incident. And we've There's had balloons gla- everywhere. We've had glasses flying off the bar, probably because of water on the table and them falling off. I'm just saying that that's bunk too. Barrels crashing down and staff prodded on the back. Well, yeah, that's just that's frisky patrons. people. Yeah. Since Gail uploaded the footage, she has interest from far-reaching ghost hunters hoping to investigate the watering hole for more paranormal activity. And she hasn't returned my call. Oh, haunted house or hairy mouse, you decide. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a poet and I know it. Michelle, mm. what have you got for me tonight in the round of ghosts and hauntings? Police in Youngstown, Ohio, had more than crime to deal with over the last month. The city has reportedly been invaded by a wave of zombie-like raccoons. These like Guardians Zombie. of the Galaxy. Yeah. Zombie. Trash pandas who have terrified local residents. Police received 14 calls in March from homeowners saying that the woodland creatures were spotted standing upright on their back legs and showing their fangs. One wildlife photographer called the shocking sight extremely strange. He would stand up on his hind legs, which I've never seen a raccoon do before, and he would show his teeth and then he would fall over backwards and go into an almost comatose condition. Robert Kogshalf told WKBN, making the incidents more disturbing, all the sightings were made during the day, even though raccoons are nocturnal. The Ohio Department of Natural Resources believes the animals have been infected with distemper. Mm. Yeah, the disease is reportedly very contagious and can cause digestive problems, respiratory issues, and seizures. Local health officials say that the virus can't be transmitted to humans. However, dogs can catch distemper from these zombie raccoons. They're just drunk. You think they've been on the sauce? Mm, trashed. Trash pandas. Oh, nice, nice, nice. You're welcome. Yeah. Harmless raccoon, or they're coming soon. Michelle is on four points. I'm on four points. Miss Morris, I don't know how, is currently on eight, but everything is to play for as we go into the round. That is UFOs and cryptozoology. It's green men and very hairy beasties. Locals are unable to explain the odd phenomenon and say the five-inch-long rubber-looking blobs have started appearing over the last few weeks. Seen any odd wriggling creatures on the beach lately, Michelle? Holiday makers from the UK even grabbed one of the bizarre life forms (laughs) from the beach and put it back in the sea. But it appeared to hold its mini snout above the water in a bid to breathe. The odd specimen was spotted wriggling along the sand on Koh Lanta Island off the southwest coast of Thailand. British tourist Louise Burgoyne, who found the pinkish brown creature, pinkish brown, best of both worlds, yes. said he'd put it back in the water, but it kept 
trying to escape back out. He said, I found it washed up, put it into the sea, but it was clear it was holding itself out of the water to breathe air. So I allowed it to wash up again, and it was just moving around, breathing. It was definitely very odd. It was about five inches long and three inches wide. It's a gift, isn't it? I shouldn't have to make jokes. <laughs> People thought it was a sea cucumber, where they can move themselves along the floor. But this was unable to move itself. It seemed to have something inside which was moving around. The skin was almost transparent and you could see something else inside. Oh, God. Residents on the island said there'd been large numbers of marine mutants (laughs) washed up recently. Yeah, my ex. Oh, He was a marine? Mm, no. <laughs> nice. But he was a mutant. Oh. Well, one out of two is not bad. Right. But nobody's been able to identify them. Look, that one's Colin. See? They should have names. Some have suggested the creatures in the video are sea leeches or sea slugs, or even a mutant alien life form emerging from the deep. What's yeah. this? A Doctor Who episode of the Sea Devils? Alien sea leech or life's a beach? You decide. <laughs> For yourself, the strange pinkish-brown, semi-translucent, wiggling five-inch sea slugs. All available for you on Facebook as we live and breathe. In the round of cryptozoology, what have you got for me, Miss Morris? Green men and hairy beasties. I've got five essential vampire facts, including how to slay a bloodsucker as the first Dracula movie celebrates its 60th anniversary. Did you know that? Wow. I find that hard to believe. Yeah. I think 60-year-old Dracula films, that takes us to 1950s. Yes, it does. So what about Nosferatu in the German Expressionist period? This is actually Bram Stoker's Dracula. It was first done um, as the iconic novel, pretty much invented what they consider the vampire genre in movies. So what about Bela Lugosi in the 30s? Well, they're saying that Christopher Lee did it. Okay. And well, it was released in 1958. I'm not going to argue with a man whose last name is Lee, so let's continue in that All way. All right. Well, they say the true villain never really dies, but is Dracula getting a bit too long in the tooth? No way, says Katya Brown, a British author of the thriller The First Bride. To mark the 60th anniversary of the first Dracula movie, Katya gives five essential facts about vampires to get your teeth into. Did you know that the legends are based on real-life sadistic cannibal? And I'm sure you did know that, didn't you? I think there's a complaint where you crave blood and you have an eye of iron deficiency anemia well it was based on vlad Vlad, wasn't it Mm -hmm. yes yeah in the 1400s he developed a game of thrones like penchant for skinning his enemies alive and then nailing hats to their heads that's got to be the worst thing isn't it can you imagine skinning someone alive (sighs) i mean that only comes third behind being hung upside down with your head in a bucket of soapy frogs and having your elbows cut off at the elbow at the elbow. <laughs> your knees cut off at the elbow. <laughs> your knees cut off at the elbow. Bring forth the rampant wildebeest. Well, he would then impale them on upright stakes, hence the nickname, and then drink their blood. Ew. Sorry. Where do you get the name Impala from? <laughs> Chevy. Chevy. <laughs> yes. Chevy. Vlad the Impala. Sir Chevy. Sir Chevy Vlad the Impala. <laughs> Well, the continuing adventures of. Well, another thing is that you actually become a vampire by what? 
being bitten by one. Yes, yes. Or sucking the blood of a vampire, right? Well, there are other numerous ways to become a vampire. And I didn't what? know this, according to legend. You, you can play hear a board game. Why is it the studio looks like we're losing a game of Jumanji? Mm. Well, here's one way. Not being breastfed after weaning. You can become a vampire from Not that. Not to be breastfed after weaning. And then being born with a red birthmark and having an extra nipple. That's you, Mr. Lee. My brother has What am I, one. a villain from James Bond? <laughs> Not an extra nipple. Oh. <laughs> and, hey, Mike. <laughs> and I did not know this. Mikhail Gorbachev's in trouble. Mm. Mm, mothers who did not eat enough salt during pregnancy were also at risk of giving birth to bouncing baby vampires. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? Vampire hysteria led to mass beheadings. I did not know this in the 18th century. So they were just chopping them off left and right where they'd actually find corpses, dig up their bodies, uh-huh. and then they killed them again. And they placed rocks in their mouths. But we've heard of that before. We've read stories out where they've uncovered skeletons that have a brick in their mouth, for sure. That's right. Now, garlic was kind of an interesting one. Garlic, it's in a lot of old recipes. Well, luckily, foodies, the action of chopping or crushing garlic supposedly stimulates the production of allicin. And that's an active ingredient and a known antibiotic. But Allison wards off more than just germs and viruses. And in folklore, people believe that garlic would protect them from a vampire attack. Do yes. you guys have a vampire slaying kit? I have several vampire slaying so. kits. Yes. And they're original as well. Yes. None of this reproduction rubbish. That's right. That's right. This part of the world has a lot of people come over from Germany and Bohemia. Mm-hmm. And every other person you meet is either going to be Scandinavian here in the Midwest or they're going to be German Bohemian, right? And, of course, the German Bohemians traveling to the New World for the first time genuinely thought they were vampires. So there's a lot of vampire slaying kits in this area because they've come from the Teutonic countries is where we are. That's right. That's right. Well, and the last thing I want to tell you is how to actually become a vampire slayer. And that entails six things that you can kill them with if okay, you run across six one. six things. Don't want to hear about it if you do, but six things. Okay, fire. All right. The holy flame, blessed by a priest, will kill a vampire. Sunlight, of course, yes. especially if you shackle them outside, they'll die. Nathan's shackled inside and he's not getting sunlight. I know. <laughs> Silver bullets, swords, and knives to sever the head or puncture the heart will actactually kill a vampire. Did not know that. I thought silver That's bullets werewolves. were werewolves. They are, but they also can nab a vampire, too. Multi-purpose mm. bullets. Fantastic. A sturdy wooden or silver stake rammed right through the heart. Holy water, either by dunking, spraying, or injecting. Sounds like your Friday them. night. That, well, I go up in flames all the time a cross or other religious artifact preferably used as a stabbing weapon is the final way to get rid of your blood sucker huh nice everything you need to know about vampires but we're afraid to ask alive and breastfed or oh no apparently i'm dead that's going to make shaving in the mirror very difficult if you're a vampire i recommend you grow a beard and be with the 33% of Americans that have beards. I shall give Miss Morris points. She's at double integers. 10 Downing Street. Ooh. Michelle, what have you got for me tonight in the round of UFOs and cryptozoology? It's one of my favorite things. 
The Loch Ness Monster has been reportedly seen with her family in tow. The whole little family of Nessies. Yes. Mm-hmm. I'm sure she's claiming child support. I hope so. sponging mm. off the government. The dole. That's mm. it. Tourist Dakota Franson was on holiday from Idaho when he reported seeing a large, dark shape with the skin of a hippopotamus about 40 feet in length moving about the water close to the Urquhart Castle jetty. The castle is a favorite sighting spot of Nessie. Interestingly, there was a number of shapes seen in the water, so it may be Nessie and her family, said Gary Campbell, keeper of the official register of sightings at Loch Ness. The main shape seemed to purposefully avoid boat traffic in the area, but Dakota also reported, as a black speedboat came by, it seemed to attract the central shape's attention, which led to a brief surface. The skin of the object was gray in color, almost like that of a hippopotamus. Other similar shapes seemed to be also appearing, but quickly vanished. Sightings of the Loch Ness Monster have set a new global record last year. Nessie's 11 accepted sightings in 2017 were the highest this century. That's remarkable because we went a couple of years with nothing, nothing to the point where people had thought she had died ultimately. And when you consider more people have phones, more ways of recording, more ways of videoing and taking photographs, you'd think it would go up. But there was a couple of barren years. Perhaps yes. she had a gap year and went to Thailand. To Got help. pregnant. Wow. These are the dangers of not jumping up and down afterwards, apparently. <laughs> Seen in Loch Ness, or I couldn't care less. You decide, go to our Facebook site, more questions and answers with Adrian Lee. We're sprinting, full-pelled into the round that is the strange and the bizarre, to squeeze in as many stories as possible. These are the stories from around the world that are too good not to read out, but don't fit easily into any other category. A 100-year-old fiscus tree that stands as a focal point of a local park in Fort Myers, Florida, has a bride. Karen Cooper, 60, wed the tree during a community event at the Schnell Family Park. Schnell, that's quick, isn't it? That's a quick park. It'll only take a minute as part of a neighborhood effort to save the tree from being cut down. I thought maybe she was bad, born under a bad, bad sign. Bad <laughs> sign. She's Indian, apparently. Who knew? You see, everything comes around. Florida, marrying trees. When I heard the city was planning to cut it down, I was like, I don't think so. Cooper, who has been living in Fort Myers for nearly 40 years, told ABC News, I'm just having fun with something very serious. The city approved a request from a developer to have the tree removed, according to a spokesperson from the Fort Myers Public Works office. We've lost so many trees in Hurricane Irma, and for them to cut down one on purpose is terrible, she added. And the tree is fabulous. The tree's 8,000-foot canopy extends into the neighbouring lot, and that's for sale for $1 million. The tree is the focal point of a very sweet neighborhood park and without it the park would just be a vacant lot she said people get married at this park but i married the tree you want to be there don't you when she congregates in you know yeah you see what i'm saying the I tree's got so. congreal rights isn't mm-hmm. it is what i'm saying yeah Cooper said she was inspired by stories of women in Mexico who wed trees to protect deforestation. The ceremony was meant to encourage residents of the subdivision to come to City Hall on Tuesday to show support for saving the tree, she explained. As many as 80 people from the neighborhood came out to the ceremony and there was music, flowers and food. Do you take this tree or don't be so silly? Go to our Facebook site. More questions and answers with Adrian Lee. Miss Morris, you have the last story of the night in the round of S&B. 
Mmm, earthworm jerky exists. Earthworm. Dang it, unfortunately. Come on. You just need it out in the sun, surely. Well, reviews are poor for these 100% edible, dehydrated, (laughs) grilled, large earthworms in a spicy marinade. So I don't recommend buying them unless you want to have something really chewy. That worm's worms really repeating on me. Mm. (laughs) I'm going to read some reviews because I know Michelle will love them. Worm. Get my bucket. Jerky. <laughs> One of the reviewers yep. has said, my six-year-old really is into bugs. Big hit at Christmas. He ate the whole thing. The whole packet of earthworm jerky. <laughs> Lovely. Mm. My sister, I was very lucky. I had to eat earthworms when I was a kid to stay alive, apparently. And I was very lucky my sister told me, else I wouldn't be here today. Another person said, I bought these. You're ridiculous. I love this show. I love this show. It makes me so happy. Okay, I'm just trying to get through this. Well, I, I bought these for my kids. They enjoyed them. They are kind of oily tasting and crunchy. How can it be oily and crunchy? No big deal for anyone afraid to try them. Like a sardine. Oh, yeah, like an anchovy. Yeah, with bones and stuff, but they don't have bones. No, worms Worms don't don't have have bones. I have never had so much fun with the grandkids as if I had goofing around eating these insects with them. They're not insects either. They're both petrified and fascinated best money I ever spent. You can actually get these on Amazon by the way. I did look. Isn't the best time you can ever have is when you're petrified and interested at the same time. I just thought I'd share that with you. Oh, another lady only gave him one star. This is a total ripoff. I ordered these for my son for Christmas, but I can't even give him this. $15 for a tiny bag. Don't buy it. I wish I could give it zero stars. Waiter, can you get me a glass of water so I can rehydrate my dinner? (laughs) Mm, Imagine putting salt on your dinner. (laughs) My dinner's disappeared. Someone fetch me a glass of water. I'm hungry. Well, another person gave him a one star. It says, I love to try new and exotic foods. I don't consider grilled earthworms foods, but whatever. This, however, was so far below any expectations I had as to be laughable. For way too much money, I got a plastic bag you would expect to see earrings in, such as something you'd find at a craft show and it tasted horrible it wasn't well, no kidding. E- wasn't even chewy it was so dry i had to pick it out of my back teeth oh. and my throat oh. it was like eating a popcorn kernel flake <laughs> heather yes. have you looked to see if you can buy those coconut slugs on amazon no. Okay. Something for next week. No, but I did order the worms. Oh. Nice. Night crawlers, night crawlers. We know how to grill them. We now creep stealthily and in the darkness into the round that we call not for your mother. This is the round we can't read out on air for fear of getting into a lot of trouble. <laughs> Thank you for finding us. That means you're tech savvy and you found us on one of our platforms. If you could press the little orange love heart. Show us how much you appreciate the show. And perhaps why not share? Why not cut and paste the link onto your Facebook site? 
onto your Twitter account. Does anyone do MySpace anymore? Does that even exist? I wakes it. You still you use that, do you? Not really. Okay. <laughs> if you feel like you want to interject with other useless information, be sure to let me know. It's messing up the flow. If your mother's of a nervous disposition, if there's young minors in the room, they need to be removed. You have been warned. Condoms might make for safer sex, but they're at the centre of the riskiest new social media challenge. Oh, God. The viral video craze dubbed the Condom Challenge. It's striking fear into parents as teenagers record themselves dangerously snorting the rubbers and then pulling them out through their throats. Have they got nothing better to do? What happened to books? What? What do you win? I'm doing a line of rubbers. Hang on a second. (laughs) That's got it. God, you could die with a black rib tickler, couldn't you? Holy smokes. A number of clips emerging on YouTube show kids choking as they attempt to replicate the trend. Do you go with a small one or do you go with a Trojan? Do you go with a full Monty? What are we looking at here? If you're doing a line of condoms, do you want a selection or are you going to stick with certain numbers? I don't use them. Despite, no, you just jump up and down. It's fine. (laughs) If they're going up your nose, something's gone wrong somewhere, isn't it? If you're pulling one out of your nose, no, not there. What's wrong with you? Oh no, I think it's come off. Hang on, I need to go to the bathroom. Oh no, you're like a cat bringing up a furball. Wow, it's like a locket in many ways, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? It's got like a soft center. To the best of my knowledge, none of these people have a sore throat. Despite the health hazards, teams are jumping on the latest craze to get more attention on social media. Because these days, our teens are doing everything for likes, views and subscribers. Stephen Enriquez, a Texas-based health educator, told the station, As graphic as it is, we have to show parents because teens are going online looking for challenges and recreating (laughs) them. Experts such as Enriquez, he's an expert. On condom sniffing. What? Apparently, are warning students and parents about the dangers of the online trend, which can cause allergic reactions and choking. Snorting condoms may not be a painful experience, as they would also get stuck in their nasal cavity or throat. Michelle, ever had... um, No. There's also the possibility (laughs) that the condoms will be inhaled into the lungs. (laughs) What? What happens when you blow your nose? <laughs> then large bubbles appear, don't they? Blow. Blow. Oh, I see what you've done. Morris! Morris! <laughs> What's wrong with you? <laughs> Let me catch it in my handkerchief. <laughs> the nose is connected to the back of the mouth. It's also connected to the airways. The nose is connected to the airways. Who knew? And my to knee bone. Head bone. It's connected to my <laughs> trachea. It's connected to my epididymis. <laughs> There's what? every possibility. A thing that hangs down. No, that's not where your epididymis is, sweetheart. <laughs> <laughs> that's the doula. <laughs> 
It's your punch bag. <laughs> Can I flick your doula? Cost extra. <laughs> Didn't Hanson write a song called that? Doula, baby, baby, doula. For the life of me, I can't remember the name of what that piece of anatomy is called. Someone must know. Yeah, it's a doula. It's not your doula. What is it? It's your epiglottis. There you go. That'll do. <laughs> Whatever. That works. There's you know every possibility. Epi it's epi something there. There's every possibility something you push up your nose will end up in your windpipe. Didn't you have a crayon stuffed up there? <sighs> I had a peanut stuck in my ear once. A what? A peanut. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Can you blow your ear? There once was a man from England. <laughs> That's not going to happen. With potentially fatal results. Choking hazard due to small parts. Or this is how it starts. Oh. <laughs> Everything's there for you. If you want to see teenagers snorting condoms, you not can go really. to Who cares? Facebook site. Who cares? Questions than answers. I thought there was always a stigma attached, but it turned out to be the foil that surrounds them. Just a comment on that. When you said that teens were going on to find challenges so they can get more likes and stuff. And the How about parents... the challenges to get some grades at school and to read a couple no, of no. books? Hold on. Let me finish. What I was going to say is that parents can't complain that the kids are going on there because wasn't the parents that was telling everybody with the ice bucket challenge oh yes that the ice was spreading bucket, the ice bucket challenge was for charity and it's something yeah. slightly different between pouring cold water over your head and shoving a condom well, up your nose well no i get it but the parents were doing it just to get likes and raise money and do whatever so they can't yell at their kids for doing it to get likes I thought that was ridiculous. People did include me on that, and I thought, there's no way I'm standing out in the yard and pouring a bucket of water over my head. Here's $10, a bugger off. There we go. <laughs> right on. <laughs> I ain't jumping in the lake. <laughs> oh, we could have done the polar bear challenge, couldn't we? I'm afraid of that. I think I'd die. I think my heart it's would stop. It's minus 40 out there. There's three feet of ice on every lake. We've had 60... 60- <gasps> Nathan, you've done the polar bear challenge. In his loincloth. How used to did be... you get out of your chain? He was... <laughs> I picked the lock. He was six foot three at one point. He <laughs> shrunk. That's what happened. And now he's got a couple of raisins, but we're not going into that. <laughs> Michelle, what have you got for me in the round of Not For Your Mother? Oh, thousands have flocked to a bizarre festival in Japan that celebrates the penis. Yay, my favorite. When you're big in Japan. (laughs) (laughs) The Kanamara Matsuri, the annual festival of the Steel Phallus, takes place on the first Sunday in April in Kawasaki. The Steel Phallus sounds like some sort of villain from the Avengers. Beware of the Steel Phallus. Sounds like a Kung Fu movie. I thought you said the Calamari, Missouri. No! <laughs> Kanamara, Matsuri. Kanamari, Missouri. Kanamari, Missouri. That's a seafood restaurant it's in a, St. Louis. It's a twin town. Yes. <laughs> That's an Italian restaurant in Branson. 
<laughs> Daniel O'Donnell sings during your dinner. <laughs> nice. Ow. I almost want to start Calamari, Missouri. Oh, I love it. The Fertility Festival originated from prostitutes who prayed to the Kanamara Shrine, an iron phallus, mm -hmm, for good business and protection from sexually transmitted diseases. But nowadays, festival goers celebrate the phallic shrine for fertility, good relationships, and safe sex practices, as well as business and family prosperity. So, you know, everything's all encompassing. In yes. Yeah. Rub the still phallus, make a wish. You Rev can't get the genie back in the bottle. Revelers also head to the festival to celebrate. <laughs> I saw what you did there. <laughs> You're welcome. To the festival to celebrate healthy childbirth and harmony between married couples. The legend of the Kanamara Shrine is based on a story. <laughs> calamari. You're still laughing, are you? Yes. About the calamari. Calamari Shrine <laughs> is based on a story about a jealous, sharp-toothed demon which hid inside the vagina of a young woman. <laughs> Have you been drinking? Yeah. Bag of wine. <laughs> a bag of wine and a packet of worms. Yes. <laughs> and a toothy vagina. <laughs> it's not going to have any teeth. Look at its gums. <laughs> I love this show. <laughs> okay. Wait. So we... Oh, we're going to get my ear hole! <laughs> Pull your pants back up, that's disgusting. Which one of us? <laughs> Nathan. <laughs> oh, God. Okay, so it's a story about a jealous, sharp-toothed demon which hid inside the vagina of a young woman the demon fell in love with and bit off the penises of two young men on their wedding night. It well, happens. Did I watch a horror film on a VHS, like a video nasty back in the 80s, where a couple were making love and a fetus had teeth and kind of did something similar? Was that Handjob Cabin? No, it wasn't. That <laughs> <laughs> wasn't Handjob Cabin, no. Good film, though. Hand Handjob Cabin. Fantastic film. I've never seen people die like that before. Oh, my word. The young woman then sought help from a blacksmith who made an iron phallus to break the demon's teeth, which then was enshrined. Wow. Mm -hmm. That's very involved. That's a big phallus. It's, it's a lot, isn't yeah, it? It's, it's yeah. going to make mm -hmm. your eyes water. Revelers can buy penis-shaped key rings, trinkets, pens, chocolates, and even toy glasses with plastic penis noses. Nice. wonder if you can get a penis ponytail holder. Ooh. Don't Heather. forget it here again, right, Michelle. Got it in. My hair. <laughs> <laughs> You're making your own jokes up, shall I leave? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> they can also indulge in a penis-shaped candy, chocolate and lollipops, and pose with the phallic structures while wearing costumes honoring the genitalia. Is that mm. hard cough candy, do you think? Yes. Oh. Mm. Three penis-shaped floats, or mikoshi, are made out of wood, steel, and a pink one is also paraded through the streets, leading to the shrine during the festival. 
The festival started in 1969, but has become a tourist attraction and has used raised money for HIV research. They're all in a good cause. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Japanese willy or squids all gone silly, you decide. <laughs> <laughs> Go to our Facebook site, more questions and answers with Adrian Lee. Miss Morris, you have the last story. Get the bucket! Of the oh! evening. You get extra points if you can make Michelle gag now. Ooh, we should add this to the... You got crazy Bell eyes. The Bell Bunkin gag puke. and snort. Puke. <laughs> puke and snot. All right. A mom of four turned her placenta into a smoothie and fed it to her husband and their three-year-old son oh! for health Only wanted to take a sip, but he went down in one big go. You're welcome, Michelle. Oh, my God. Jay Woodall, 33, had always dreamed of repurposing her placenta, but missed her opportunity with her first two kids. By the time she had her two most recent children, she found a solution. She paid 30 pounds for her raw placenta to be turned into smoothies. And everything left over, the leftovers, was dehydrated and turned into pills, costing a further 150 pounds. She said, it's a mixed reaction. A few people think it's a bit gross. Not very appetizing. But she said, I'm up for trying things out if it's going to benefit my health and my body or my children's bodies. Oh, for God's sake. So she says she's a self-confessed hippie from Fleet, Hampshire, even and her um, she even had her umbilical cord dehydrated and turned into a keepsake, like a key ring or something. I don't know. Maybe a necklace. I don't know. What what can I you do know. with them? Cat toy. They're nice. Ooh, ooh, like a pizzle for your dog. Pizzle. Yes. <laughs> well, let's get into it a bit, shall we? Jay continued. It just tasted like a berry smoothie. Ooh. It had coconut water and berries in it, so it, it tasted really nice. Ugh. God's mm. sake. Ugh. I had a boost of energy, better, deeper sleep, and my mood was boosted. I felt really good. Heather? Milk production was good, too. Michelle's green. She looks like the Hulk. (laughs) (laughs) She-Hulk. No, let's just say Hulk. Damn you. I had to take less of the placenta smoothie because I was producing too much milk. She's run out of the room. We can talk about her now. The recovery after birth was quicker as well. It didn't really taste of anything because it had coconut water and berries in it. If that oh, helps. I can't oh. bear coconut. I can't. I can't. Oh. You've ruined it for me now. I was, I was with you. I can't bear coconut. But before it got mixed into the smoothie, she decided to have a little taste on its own. And it, and, God, I hate you guys. And oh. it tastes a little bit like liver. Yeah. Whoa. A little irony. Chicken. Metallic taste. Oh. It's not horrible. How big it's is a not, placenta? It's big enough to feed a family. <laughs> Depends how large the baby or the woman was, doesn't it? Mm. Surely. Small woman, it's small placenta. It's not disgusting at all. 
Jay even fed the placenta smoothie to her husband and son, Demetrius. Placenta and onions. Lucky Demetrius. She said, I think everyone had it. My husband had some just out of pure pleasure. No, I don't mean that. Curiosity was actually the word. Just take a nibble. Just take a a bit off the end. And my little... A little bit chewy, like, you know, kind of... And my three-year-old son had some, and he said it was yummy. Oh, mummy! That's almost cannibalism. I want to eat mummy's tummy. I think no, it would he didn't be say that. Foamy. Mm. <sighs> but again, it had berries and stuff in it. But I'm sorry, that is disgusting. Wow! I was oh. so ugly when I was born. My dad looked at me and thought I was twins, but it turned out to be the placenta. <laughs> <laughs> Well, all good things come to an end. So let us look at tonight's scores in last place with the K2 meter and an earthworm sandwich. It's Michelle yeah. who scored a very poor four. I did. I scored six, but in resplendent place, first taking home, getting my worms muddled up, the $33,000 IR Yay. camera. <laughs> Finding the gelatinous, globulous worm on the beach and putting it back into the sea is Miss Morris. Thank you. But do not fear, listener. Remember, we are back with a whole new bunch of stories next week at the same time. And I would love for you to join me for a fun and informative journey through the world of the paranormal, strange, intriguing, bizarre, and annelid. Please tell your friends and family about the show and feel free to contact me anytime via my Facebook site. More questions and answers with Adrian Lee. And remember, if you go to SoundCloud now and search for MQTA Radio, we do an extra 20 to 25 minutes of the show and a round we call not for your mother that we can't read out on air and remember if you enjoy what we do and you had some laughs and you come away with more than you arrive with you can donate a single dollar in patreon.com again mqta radio my gratitude and greatest thanks are extended to lorna hunter heather morris Tom drain and michelle curry nathan bush and all of the international paranormal society in paranormal.net and all of the show's sponsors including the lakes area paranormal interest group and mufon of minnesota it just remains for me to say Thank you for listening, and remember, be interested and interesting. Good night.